Okay, welcome to Speaking of Money with FCE Group. Our guest today is Fred Sloan, President and CEO of FCE Group, a Barron's-rated wealth management firm in Lake Success, New York. Uh, Fred's going to be speaking to us today about safeguarding against financial scams. We'll talk about the actual real-life example that got his firm focused on this topic, uh, some typical scams that are out there that you should be wary of, and some solutions. Uh, Fred, welcome today. Good morning. So what is the, when I think of, of FCE Group, obviously not a security firm, although a firm that certainly knows securities well. Uh, what, is it, uh, what is it about uh, safeguarding financial, against financial scams? That, what got you focused on this recently? We had a real life situation where a client's accounts were hacked. He went online. He thought that he was going on to Amazon.com because he clicked a link in his email that he thought was from Amazon.com. Uh, that gave him a phone number to call to get some sort of discount. He spoke to the person at the other end of the phone and within a few minutes he had given out some personal information, unthinkingly, like the last Assuming four digits. Assuming it was Amazon. Assuming he was it was indeed Amazon.com, the last four digits of the social security number and some other identifying information. And it was only after he ended the call that he realized that all of his bank accounts had been hacked somehow. Um, this got us thinking about ways that uh, maybe there are frauds out there and scams uh, that people with a little bit of thought can try to protect themselves against or at least be mindful of. So what, what are you seeing as the most, uh, as the typical scams that that your firm sees clients face day to day, which ones are, are most prevalent? One thing that is a co that appears to be common to us is uh, scams that target older people. Mm -hmm. We do have a segment of our clientele that is, uh, let's say, past retirement age. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, unfortunately, older people are vulnerable to certain types of scams uh, in which uh, there's there's deliberately confusing information that's given or uh, requests or needs for action or emotional appeals uh, that can sometimes rope them in. For example, uh, there's a scam out there that has been dubbed the grandparent scam where uh, a young sounding person calls and when the person who answers the phone says hello, they say, Grandma or Grandpa, hi, do you know who this is? If the person is indeed a grandparent, depending on whether it's a male or female voice, they'll say, oh, Mary, Tommy. And at that point, the scammer will say, yes, hi, and will then tell some sort of story about how they're in some hot water and they need some money quickly to help them get out of a jam. And the next thing you know, the person is giving out uh, financial information or bank account information, wiring, wiring the money right or away. wiring the money right away. It's really, uh, it's really quite nasty. It really tugs on the the, the heartstrings yes. uh, of the person they're engaging. Yes, because it plays on the emotions of a loving and unsuspecting uh, person who may be momentarily confused. Mm -hmm. Another example that's out there, and uh, I can tell you that I personally uh, experienced this was I received a phone call at home from someone who said they were with the IRS and told me that uh, there was a sum of money that was past due that I owed for my, my taxes for some, some prior year. And uh, uh, if I didn't uh, pay it immediately with 
you know, to, to some information that the person was willing to provide on the phone, the IRS would come after me and there would be criminal charges and all sorts of things like that. In that case, uh, I happen to know that the IRS corresponds by U.S. mail. Um, that's how they open their cases. They obviously have everyone's home address. I hadn't gotten anything. And so that is a fact. And the IRS, it's, it's hard to tell which, whether that's what's fact and fiction. The IRS, in fact, will not contact you by phone for that type. It's, it's possible they would contact you by phone, but by the time they contact you by phone, they would have sent you Initiate. multiple correspondence yeah. in the mail, and you would have had ample time. And when I say multiple, I'm talking three, four, five. When I say time, I'm talking you know, months and months and months and months before it gets to that. They're also, uh, and I didn't know this exact fact at the time, but I became aware of it after that, that you can verify whether it is the IRS by calling the IRS's main number, which happens to be 1-800-829-1040. So I think the general principle people have to think about is when they're being asked for money, to pay money for something. There are urgent financial situations, it's true, but there's really nothing that I can think of that has to be paid at that moment that couldn't be paid 15 minutes later, a half hour later, or an hour later, or a couple of hours later, after the person has time so to don't sit make back any and snap, think about it. Don't make any snap decisions. Don't make any snap decisions. And be aware, especially, uh, and be wary, especially if the person on the other phone is a voice that you don't recognize. So sort of expect the unexpected. It would also be safe to say, based on the vignette you provided at the beginning, that if they're giving you a number to verify who they are, you probably should get your own third-party verification of the, the phone number. <laughs> that, that would be a good idea. <laughs> As you've so graciously provided uh, the contact number for the IRS. Right. Um, what type of solutions has your firm recommended? And by solutions here, I'm talking about, but what are some, what, what solutions should general people be utilizing generally? And maybe do you have some specific uh, solutions that you can recommend today that people can maybe start today? Well, generally, there are some protective measures you can go through in advance, which is never give out a credit card number, banking information, your social security number, your date of birth, or any other personal information over the phone to someone you don't know unless you initiated the call, unless you went to seek out some service or purchase something or whatever. When someone calls you on the phone, do not give out that information about yourself. That, that's kind of rule number one about identity uh, uh, fraud mm -hmm. protection. Specifically, I'll say two things. One is that financial institutions today typically operate with something called dual authentication, mm -hmm. which is something that is designed to, to make you give two different pieces of identifying information when accessing your accounts. That would include a password, as well as perhaps a PIN that they would send you on your phone or a number that you would generate on a separate device that they give you. And the advice would be that if you have an account at an institution that offers dual authentication, you should take them up on it immediately, even though it, might take, even though it would take an extra step to log in every time. That's a way of protecting your accounts. And uh, there is one other uh, specific recommendation, which is to look into identity protection programs, one of which is called LifeLock, which mm. is a service 
that uh, locks your accounts such that, or locks in your existing accounts such that if there's ever an attempt to open another account in your name or apply for credit or anything like that, you would be notified and you would have to give your okay or else the account would not be opened. So that gives you an opportunity to think, hmm, is this something that I initiated? Is this something I want? And if it's not, it would be a pretty good indication that somebody else is trying to do something in your name without you knowing. Now, is LifeLock able to package it more conveniently than, say, the do-it-yourself solutions? I know, for example, when there was the Equifax scam uh, earlier in the year, or I should say data breach, people were instructed to put a stop or block all credit requests. And that became cumbersome for a lot of people. They couldn't readily get leases or, or, or even uh, I, had, I, I heard a story of someone who couldn't even get a new iPhone because they were stuck. Do, is LifeLock able to package that in a way that's a little bit more convenient than the black and white uh, block on yes. one's credit report? Yes, LifeLock uh, essentially aggregates uh, all the credit uh, uh, services such that in one easy coordinated step uh, you're protected against any one of them being contacted and all, let's say all of them knowing at the same time what's going on with respect to your accounts. Because there are multiple credit really, right? Yes, there are okay. at least three or four major ones. So they basically make it one-stop shopping? Yes, e exactly. So uh, I do recommend that people consider that. Terrific. Well, once again, this has been uh, Speaking of Money with FCE Group. Our guest today has been Fred Sloan. Fred, some very helpful uh, observations and tips. Thank you very much. Thank you.